0: Today's episode of the Spot Track Recap is brought to you by Morgan Stanley's Global Sports and Entertainment. We believe in empowering professional athletes and entertainers with the knowledge they need to make informed decisions about their finances and wealth. Learn more by going to MorganStanley.com slash GSE. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, member SIPC. My name is Mike Giannetti. We're going to start doing these uh, probably every Friday, maybe Thursday nights, get them out for Friday morning. But basically, this is going to be a uh, a recap, pun intended, of the financial sports business week that was. So any signings, restructures, trades, all those things we're tweeting about all the time and uh, getting plenty of questions on. We're going to try to sit down here every Friday morning and kind of crank out the details and keep these quick and, and, and just sort of blow through the structures of contracts and, you know, understand how they rank and all those things that we try to squeeze into 240 characters on Twitter, but maybe we can say a little bit more about here. So we'll start to do this on a weekly basis. This will be in addition to the normal Track podcast, which we'll post every Tuesday. Um, like I said, this one's going to be just kind of a quick and dirty recap, and then we'll uh, see how they play out. So any questions you might have throughout the week, feel free to hit me up on Twitter at SpotTrack, and we'll uh, try to get him in here. Look, at this was the end of the NFL offseason, and it kind of went out with a bang, right? Obviously, we've talked tons about Antonio Brown, both on Twitter and on our podcast. And uh, everyone across the world is following suit here and doesn't appear to be done. Obviously, there's the legal ramifications coming through now that are going to play itself out. Uh, I just want to take another two minutes here and just break down this contract because, you know, obviously he, uh, you know, he may not play. He may play. He may be put in the exempt list. He may be suspended. There's sort of all these, you know, low hanging fruit just sitting there right now. And uh, I'm going to speak to it on a financial side here. So basically, here's how this contract works. He's making a little bit more than a million dollars on the base salary. Um, that's the salary that stands to be lost for a suspension. If he's put on the exempt list, he's likely going to get paid. It's going to be a with pay suspension essentially put down by the commissioner. But if he's outright suspended by the league for personal conduct, he'll lose one seventeenth of that $1, change, $1 million in change off that salary, which, oh, by the way, is exactly the same salary that Tom Brady had when he was suspended for deflategate. So the Patriots have been here before. They sort of understand how this stuff works, right? Uh, not to mention that $9 million signing bonus that Antonio Brown got, they paid him $5 million already, but the, the other 4000000 million won't get paid until next January. Okay, so the end of the regular season. Again, New England's putting themselves in protection mode to make sure that they can get out of this thing as much as possible. Now there's language built into this deal, you know, already that, uh, you know, New England didn't know anything about this legal stuff that was coming, I'm not sure anybody did. And uh, if it gets bad fast, right, if the legal process sort of takes, it, takes over and there are, you know, an indictment coming, New England can, get, can pretty much get out of this. They can get out of the salary, they can get out of the signing bonus, you know, there's a lot of ways for them to take their own legal action against this contract and go from there. But let's just assume that doesn't happen. Let's assume he's playing, let's assume he's playing, you know, this weekend at week two with the Patriots. Um, If he misses a game for a suspension for an injury, he's going to lose $33,000 per week, not active. All right. That's he's got $500,000 built in per game, active bonuses. So again, protection for the Patriots, not only from the suspension, but also from an injury, which I'm not sure enough people are talking about. This is a guy who didn't do a ton this off season, you know, in Oakland had the feet issue which, you know, if you saw that on social media was gross enough already, but this is a guy who might, who might not be a hundred percent, you know, week two at week three, you know, it might take him a few weeks to get his legs under him. Certainly get meshed with this offense. Um, I don't expect there to be a ton of production or, you know, targets from new England anyway, his way, but just from a health standpoint, this is something to think about. And new England's protected themselves. If he's, if he's injured, and not active, the Patriots save themselves $33,000 in change a week. So again, well-structured, And then obviously there's the option. He's got a $20 million option bonus for next year. It's a club option. It's all salary. Um, You put it there so you can spread that $9 million bonus out over two years and save some cap space. Uh, They're going to decline the option. Okay. They're going to decline the option. They'll take a $4.5 million dead cap hit in New England. And then if he walks and goes somewhere else, the Patriots will get a compensatory draft pick. Otherwise, they can restructure the contract and do it again, start over fresh. So again, brilliant move by New England. They've got their bases covered here. Antonio's making him probably about $10.5 million on this contract at the most. I don't, I don't think any of these incentives that are built into this deal are likely based on how the Patriots spread the ball around. Um, I'd be shocked if he got even close to 16 touchdowns, 105 catches. So I, I think $10.5 million is about right, which is $5 million less than he was going to make in Oakland. Okay. And then we're not even talking about next year when there was another 15 million to be made. So, uh, he's got work to do this year. This is not a, a good business decision by any means. On by Antonio Brown. He, uh, he's taking 5 million less. Yes. He's on a better team, but he's, uh, he's in a showcase here again. He's 31 years old. He's in a showcase here. He's playing for another contract next year. So there's plenty to unfold this year with Antonio Brown. Hopefully you know, the legal stuff works itself out. You can stay on the field. All of this discussion is moot, and we go from here. But, you know, who knows? And uh, New England did a nice job of covering their bases just in case. Um, here's a player that signed a contract amidst the, Julio, the Antonio Brown uh, soap opera, right? Julio Jones. All he did is just go out and get maybe the strongest wide receiver contract in the history of football, okay? This is a three-year, $66 million extension, $64 million fully guaranteed right now. He's going to make that $64 million over the next three years and they can't touch it. It's injury guaranteed. It's all good. $25 million bonus this year, another $11 million bonus next year. So the cap is spread out pretty nicely for Atlanta. Uh, this is a monster contract for a 30-year-old wide receiver. This is good stuff. This is the one Amari Cooper and this next wave of wide receivers really want to be looking at. Short-term, high guarantee, You know, spread it out over five years. So get this thing done before your new contract expires. All those, all those things. This is the right way to do it. And, and Julio knew it last year. When he said, give me a couple million more last year, and then we'll get the contract done this year, this offseason." That's That was all sort of built into the package last year with that little mini restructure that happened. And here we are, right before the season starts, Jones gets this perfect little contract that, like I said, should become the model for wide receivers now going forward. It's the highest average paid contract in the history of wide receivers. Uh, it's the most guaranteed at signing for a wide receiver. It hits all the bullet points you want. He's going to make $75.5 million over the next four years based on how this dead cap is structured. So very, very strong contract, happy for him. He finally got things figured out financially for, for, you know, on, on the tail end of his career, this is probably his last contract with the, with, you know, major contract. He's probably doing one, two year contracts after this at most. Uh, but he's there for the next four years and he'll uh, he'll be paid handsomely for it. Uh, another contract, obviously here's one that hasn't been signed yet. Let's get into Dak. Let's get into the Cowboys here because they're, they're sort of playing cat and mouse between Jerry Jones and Dak, and you're hearing one thing and then hearing another. Uh, look, he's done enough. The point I want to make is at some point, if Jerry doesn't come forward and, and cave and put his foot down and say, let's get this thing done immediately, there's going to be a point, especially if week two looks like week one, where Dak Prescott says, I'm not going to play anymore until you know on a $2 million salary, which is what he has right now. He's making $2 million in 2019. Um, and we all know he's probably going to be making 34 million a year sooner than later. Here, the high is 35. That's Russell Wilson. I, I don't know why his agent wouldn't be sitting there trying to get that right now. The high guarantee is 110 million. That's what Jared Goff just got. Again, I don't know why his agent would be going there after that number as well. Now, Jared Goff only got 57 million guaranteed of that at signing. Okay, so that's that's the full lock in right now. That's a more than tenable number for for Jerry Jones that, to dole out the Dak Prescott as the Cowboys' quarterback. Uh, that's essentially what, what you've given Zeke Elliott, which is 50 million over four years. You know, you're going to have to give Dak 57 over the next two essentially, and then lock in the third year after that, if you want. But I understand this isn't a top, you know, number one overall pick like Goff was, I understand, you know, the same can be said for Carson Wentz, but Carson Wentz is making 32 a year and Jared Goff is making more than that. Um, and if Dak Prescott isn't in the conversation with those two players, I'm not sure where he belongs. He does belong there. Um, and I'm not just basing this off his week one performance, which was flawless. Um, I expect this team to look like that a lot of weeks this year. They're just built to win. The defense was paid. You know, they're, they're, they kept Jerry Jones kept that defense intact a, enough at least. He's, he brought in Amari Cooper at the right time last year. This is sort of the first full season with Amari with Cooper intact in here. And oh, by the way, their big pick last year, Michael Gallup, looks like he's making his stride this year as well. So this th- appears to be the year where everything starts to click. And then, you know, if it's not this year, it's next year. But you got to have Dak Prescott under contract within the next couple of weeks or things might get really ugly. You might really start to hear him or his his PR people really get onto the social media waves and say, you know, enough's enough. We're, we're, we're just not going to do this anymore. I understand he's insured. I understand he's got 50 million in endorsements coming in. So he's he's certainly not hard for food right now. But, you know, it's just good business. It's It's smart. It's logical business for him to say, you know, enough is enough you know, I've been a value for you for three and a half years. It's time to change that. You know, I'm, I, I'm one of the 25th ranked paid quarterbacks in all the league. And, you know, statistically speaking now through week one, I'm second. So, uh, you know, those things don't add up anymore. He's clearly grown into his role and it's time to get paid accordingly. So we'll see what happens. I, Speaking of Amari Cooper, by the way, I don't think we hear any more Amari Cooper talk. My guess is he, uh, he lets this play out. He does have you know, a fifth year option coming on that next year. So we'll see what happens with Amari Cooper. Um, there's probably a franchise tag coming for him in February, if I had to guess, lock him in, take some time, work out a long term deal, maybe try to trade him. If you don't think you can fit him in financially um, based on how things work out this year. But my guess is he's the third man on the totem pole and he has to wait until next off season. So let's switch gears a little bit here to the wonderful Miami dolphins, which every year we do have one of these teams that just decide to rip it all down. And for a while there, I didn't think they were doing enough of it, to be honest. They did have the dead cap piled up. They were making their small little moves to sort of make sure that, you know, they were in decent cap shape for next year. And then they traded Laramie Tunzel. And when they did that, and obviously what they were able to bring back in two first and a second um that changed things because now not only do you have the financial cap to work with but you've got draft ammo and when you've got both of those together you've got gold that's just how you get what you need whether it's moving up the draft board to get the number one quarterback whether it's you've already got the highest draft pick so you can trade other draft picks to get you know veteran players that will fit fill in immediately um they've got the ammo to work with now to make this happen and oh by the way I don't think they're done. It's sound. There's reports now that there's a couple more dolphins that want out of there based on how this season's going to unfold. The big one right now is Micah Fitzpatrick, the cornerback um, number, number 11 overall pick last year. So he's in year two of his rookie contract, which means he's got three years plus a fifth year option left. He's dirt cheap. All right. Miami's going to take on the cap, the dead cap for that sign bonus that was already paid out, which means teams are getting him for one, $2 million over the next three years, plus a fifth year option. So you're talking about a legitimate you know, addition to your secondary at a crazy premium price. Um, and when you put those things together, that equals in a huge trade draw. Which means Miami could get another huge package of draft picks back for a guy like Micah right now, which is what they're thinking, right? You, you float that name out there, you say he's probably, you know, we're allowing him to be on the trade block right now. We're looking for a Leonard Tunzel type return, you know, and it, maybe it's not that to that degree. I don't think a cornerback is as strong positioned as a left tackle in terms of value right now, but it's up there. It's certainly up there, and there are plenty of teams that need to upgrade their secondaries immediately which Micah Fitzpatrick can do. So Miami's looking for more draft ammo. There's no question. They've got 130 million in cap space next year right now to work with. So um, like I said, they're doing the the right things at the right speeds right now. It's not going to look pretty on the field. You saw what Baltimore was able to do with them on the field last week. That's going to be much of the same going forward, Um, certainly with the division of uh, the Patriots and even the Bills who look like they can uh, make some hay this year. Uh, it's going to be tough slaying for the Miami Dolphins, but from a business standpoint, they really are on track to do this the right way. They're uh, they're positioned to get the quarterback they want, whether that's this year with Tua or in two years with Trevor Lawrence. Um, they're going to be the team to beat at the bottom of the of the standings, which is, you know, it's a terrible thing when you're in a competitive game like this, but you understand from a business standpoint that it has paid off for teams like the Cleveland Browns. I mean, they, you know, obviously their week one wasn't what they expected it to be, but they, you know, they're in position to win right now because of a tank, because maybe you have a three, four year tank, to be honest. Um, and there's other teams that are going to follow suit with this as it goes forward. So we'll see um, tough, tough, tough year from Miami, but from a financial business standpoint, keep an eye on their, on their cap on, on spot track because those cap numbers are going to keep rising and rising and rising in terms of space for next year. Um, and uh, we'll see what happens with a couple of more trades coming out of there. Last thing to get to uh, these New York jets, boy, talk about bad luck. All right. I mean, their top four contracts signed just this offseason in C.J. Mosley, Quinn Williams, uh, the extension for Quincy and Nunwa, and then obviously Le'Veon Bell. All four of these players now have either injuries or other issues going on. Tack on Sam Darnold, who now has mono, probably missing a minimum of a month. Um, and essentially your top five contracts on your team right now are unavailable to you for week two and, and, and forward here. So uh, really tough, to, you know, for a Jets team that I think was was probably in line to uh, surprise a few people this year. You know, maybe the offense wasn't 100 percent where it needed to be, but I think that defense is one of the best in the league. Uh, we'll see. That's a that's a tough blow. That's the tough thing to overcome. We've seen the Yankees do this now in baseball but the Yankees have the uh, the benefit of 162 games to, to sort of make this all work out. Not to mention roster moves every day that they can make. Uh, the Jets won't have that advantage. Okay, this is a this is a gigantic blow to a to the start of the season that they already started off tough with a uh, a brutal loss to the Bills. So from a financial standpoint, there's not going to be much they can do. They're, you know, these are brand new contracts. You're not going to get out of any of these contracts right now. A couple of these guys are rookies, obviously, in Darold and Williams. You're just going to have to you know, you know, bite it down and, and let these injuries and illnesses play out and hope that everything comes back you know, before week six or seven then you can get this thing rolling again. There's plenty of time. We've seen plenty of teams sneak into the playoffs you know, after week six, after tough starts, no, no sooner than Houston last year who started off 0 and then turned it around and slid, slid into the wild card. So there's plenty of, uh, plenty of time to get this thing figured out. But boy, from a, a first quarter standpoint of the season, the Jets really took a bad luck blow here. Um, and let's talk Houston. All right. I pushed the tweet out this week from a financial side of sort of where Houston lives right now. And I just want to speak to it a little bit in this regard. There's obviously no actual GM standard GM in Houston right now. So Bill O'Brien is running the show and Bill O'Brien's a football guy and you can understand the moves that were made. You can understand, I'm not sure I understand why he had to trade Davian Clowney, but clearly there was some sort of rift between the two of them that he was never going to play for them this year. If that's the case, then you trade him for whatever you can get. They didn't get much. Okay, but what they did do is they had to pay $7 million to trade Jadavian Clowney. They paid him a $7 million bonus. That sits cash and cap in 2019 for Houston. Then they went and released Aaron Colvin, their starting cornerback after week one, who had a $7.5 million guaranteed salary. Again, from a football move, it was probably the right move. Maybe they were, they were going in a different direction. He obviously wasn't working out. He made $18 million to play 11 games for Houston. But the point here is million cash and cap and $10.6 million dead cap sitting on Houston right now, plus the $7 million for Jadavion Clowney. Oh, by the way, you gave up a ton to trade for Laramie Tunsil, which from a football standpoint is a great move. Of course, you're in the window of Deshaun Watson right now. You needed to upgrade the left tackle position. You did whatever you could do to get it done. All right. But... This is a guy that's going to need $18 million a year next year, okay? So you're going, to, you're going to soak up a ton of this cap space that you've acquired over the past two seasons in rollover in, their, in your left tackle. And oh, by the way, Deshaun Watson will be eligible for a contract next year too. So could be a very expensive one-two punch for the next offseason for them. In, in upgrading that left tackle position, you released Matt Khalil, which again, from a football standpoint, was probably the right move. However, you ate $2.5 million of a signing bonus that you paid him this year for essentially practicing with you for the summer. So I understand the football side of it, but man, they took a big financial you know, hit, a big business hit this offseason with a couple of the ways they had to make things and maneuver. Um, I think a standard GM would have maybe seen these lights happen a little earlier, made these moves in a little bit more business savvy way, hopefully save some of this cash and cap. There's just dead cap that doesn't need to be there is essentially what I'm saying. All right. And they've got 21 million in dead cap now. And, and that, that number was about 12 before all this started. So, um, you know, they took a hit it's okay they're, like i said i think from a football standpoint they're in a better spot they're certainly going to be a good tender in the afc and we'll see how it plays out next year when they need to sign a couple of players to big big contracts all right that's going to do it for our first edition of the spy track recap we're going to be back every week doing this and uh, we're going to get it all crossed with the sports we're going to get some nba in here soon baseball post season's getting here soon there's going to be plenty of money to talk about we'll be doing it every friday morning thanks for listening